Today we're sitting down with Nick Platt, Director of Sport. Nick leads all aspects of the sports provision at RHS and he has over 25 years of experience coaching and mentoring pupils across a variety of sports from recreational through to the elite level. So we talked to him about the challenges of today's fixtures, how he missed getting a cap as a teenager, what led him to become a school teacher and his ambitions for the sporting life of Royal Hospital School. So find out more about the school's focus on a broad sports programme which caters for pupils of all abilities and engenders in them a love of activity. Well, today I am joined by Nick Platt, Director of Sport. Um, Welcome, Nick. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Arabella. What have you been up to today? Because you look like you're you're dressed for activity. It's been another busy day, certainly. We've uh, had some of the sports scholarships yesterday, so just doing some admin on that organising this Saturday's sports fixtures as well, getting the admin in place for the comms to pupils and parents. And we had the excitement of the opposition coach breaking down on the way over for a fixture this afternoon. Oh my goodness. So just have to deal with that. (laughs) What did that involve? Did that mean you didn't have to sort of get out your cars and pick them up? Uh, Unfortunately not, much as we'd like to have had the fixture. So just making sure that parents are aware, catering are aware. And then obviously our coach going that way also got stuck in traffic on the A14. So they've had to turn back. It's been one of those days. Okay, okay. So sometimes you just think, oh my goodness. Well, so you mentioned fixtures. You've obviously got loads of things coming up this weekend. But if I was going to ask you, how many did you have last weekend? I mean, how many sports are you overseeing? We obviously lots of sports. Last weekend was certainly a busy one. Uh, we had rugby out against Felsted. We had hockey against Bishop Stortford. We had on the, the Friday and the Thursday, we had teams out at the East Finals for the hockey so our seniors on Thursday, 14s on Friday. The seniors then played Friday Night Lights against Bishop Stortford on Friday evening. Saturday morning was the girls' netball over at uh, Rushmere for the county round of the national schools where they got through to the regionals. Well done. The Crossco team were at Southend Boys for the area finals. We've had a close to 22, 23 teams out. So a lot of the school involved in fixtures. Oh my goodness, I, I felt like I nearly ran out of fingers there yeah. counting that, Nick. So, I mean, you know, that that is a vastly impressive thing. So what would be great, uh, Nick, to hear probably is, is obviously we need to find out a little bit more about your role director of sport because it already sounds huge. Um, but also just to find out a little bit about, you know, how long have you been at RHS? Tell us a little bit about that. So why don't you start by describing your role at RHS? And yeah. Well, it's a fantastic role for someone who is passionate about sport. <laughs> that's for sure finger in many pies obviously it's an all-encompassing role focusing on the elite end the competitive elements the recreational the well-being the border sport any area of school that has a sporting element comes under my remit so it is wide-ranging and lots I can hopefully get involved with I mean I've spoken to a lot of pupils in the past from RHS and they, every time I speak to them, they are involved in a multitude of different sports. But you mentioned about someone who's passionate sport. So why don't you go back a little bit, Nick, and tell us a little bit about some of the sports maybe that either you're passionate about or that you've passionately sort of competed in. Um, and tell us what, what actually sort of, where did this all start? It certainly came from a um, very active family when I was younger. Parents who love their sport, whether playing or supporting Two younger sisters, one of whom in her younger days was a county tennis player, another one who played England lacrosse and went on to have a very good sporting career behind the camera, actually. Sport was always my passion growing up, uh, much as I did do my schoolwork, of course. 
sport was the driving force behind everything I did. I played county cricket and hockey, coming up through the age grades, played or selected for the English independent schools, 15 for rugby, although the um, weather put pay to that one chance I had of a one-cat wonder. Oh, sorry about that. But it was injury actually that put me on the path to school mastering. I believe everything happens for a reason. And much as I wouldn't like to go through that period of my life again, it had a very positive outcome that rather than looking to go down the playing route, much of my friends would tell me lack of talent would have stopped me anyhow. We're not inviting your friends into this room, Nick, so it's fine. You, know, right? you don't need to justify that. It gave me a chance to focus purely on being a schoolmaster, on coaching, and it's led to almost 30 years on this side of the educational fence, being involved predominantly in sport and education, and I, I couldn't ask for any more. It's led to working for Harlequins on the rugby front, which is an experience and a half, but most importantly, I've met pupils in various schools who I hope I've had a positive influence over. I mean, you mentioned the words, obviously, the, the syndrome that led you down sort of the path of being a sort of schoolmaster. Is there a distinction in your mind of just going back to what the things you've done in the past between being a coach, being a sports coach and being a schoolmaster? Absolutely. I think being a schoolmaster or schoolmistress is so important for pupils. Coaches, although there's some outstanding ones out there, obviously, mm-hmm. within the school setups, being a schoolmaster, schoolmistress means you do have that pastoral slant as well. You do have that holistic view of what's in a pupil's best interest. It's not just about winning, much as many of us are competitive, but there is a bigger picture than that. You want pupils to enjoy their sport at whatever level. Winning has its place. It's not the only thing that is important. And finding that sport, that physical activity, where they will hopefully go on to continue it post-school is more important, certainly, than the small number who go on to make it at the elite level. You know, and, and that, is, that is so true. I know from RHS, you do have some sports of people who have gone on to elite level, but you also have many youngsters who you encounter on a, on a daily basis. What are the things you are trying to instill in them as their coach, as somebody who is passionate about sport? Integrity in what they do. We have the mantra on the weekly roundups I send out to be the best, train harder than the rest. It's not about making excuses and it's a life lesson. The harder you work, the more successful you are. We build our teams around that idea that the teamwork is important. You're not doing it for yourself. There is the school element. Obviously, we want to push the elite players so they can have the pathway to succeed. And it's fantastic when you see the likes of Charlie Allison going on to play for Essex and now England under-19s. I mean, it's it makes it really rewarding when the hard work that he has put in and others along the way to help him have got him there. But for every Charlie, there are thousands who just love their sport. So that idea that you will try something, put your head above the parapet, try a sport you may not have tried before. They're always talking at RHS about taking those opportunities. And on with sport, there are so many opportunities. You may not have enjoyed it at a previous school, or you may have a different coach or a different group of friends you're doing it with. It creates a different experience. It's to be open-minded and to give things a go. And I think that's so true. And actually that wonderful selection that you have. I mean, do the pupils at RHS have a say in what selection that they get offered to them? There is a balance to be had, obviously. Yeah. So we need to cater for those who enjoy their mainstream sports. and We do do that. But we are trying to open up as best we can it's great we had girls desperate to do rugby so we've introduced some girls rugby when i 
got offered the role and was interested in what people thought did or didn't work. There's a lot of talk about trying to improve the well-being element. So we've introduced some Pilates into our program as well. And hopefully we can continue to build on those sorts of things, whether it's some yoga or whatever it may be. We want to cater for every interest as best we can. Well, and I think, you know, and you've mentioned so many different things actually that you do offer, and I'm sure you'll mention some more as well. So what about those who you've been, you know, I think RH has been a wonderful place for fostering um, elite talent and particularly sort of sporting those who've gone actually on to achieve great things. How do you balance that for those who are looking to probably want to spend their day fulfilling the passion for sport that they have and those who, you know, you're like sport is something that's really going to make a difference to your life. How, how do you balance that? What, what do you do when you're offering that to them? So for those who are looking for the top end, it's making sure the attention to detail is there. We have our TPG, which is our talented performer group. Mm-hmm. So they will get sort of bespoke sessions where they'll have sessions with our head of athletic development just to make sure that physically they're up to demands of whatever sport it is they're trying to compete in. Mm-hmm. They get the mentoring, they get particularly the top end, the one-to-one and small group sessions. So they can actually delve into the minutiae of how they're going to improve their skills, the tactics, but it's also balancing the workload. There's the academics to worry about as well. Only two days ago, I had one of the girls come in for a chat. She'd been involved in the first team hockey. She was involved in the successful netball side and she had a lot of work on And it's just Mm -hmm. trying to make sure that we offer the support that they need to yes, push forward, but not to become overwhelmed or consumed with everything because it's very easy to feel the walls are closing in sometimes. And for elite sports performance, it's important to get that balance right. Yeah, and as you say, and it's great that that young person actually came in and had the confidence to come and talk to you um, about balancing their academic life, their sporting life. I mean, as, as a school, do you meet as a senior leadership team to sort of work out what that looks like as well or what are the frameworks you have or strategies to support them? We are very conscious of the various demands, not just sports. You look at everything. We have a vast co-curricular offering and we know that the academics are important alongside the social and the pastoral care. It's important to get all of it working in harmony. So from a sporting perspective, we're certainly sensitive to the fact of when there are pinch points, exams, uh, lots of concerts on for argument's sake. And we don't want players to overplay as well. There's the temptation that if someone's good or teams are good, you try and sometimes do too much. So yes, a constant balance to make sure that the pupils are central to everything we're deciding. And and that is the ethos, isn't it, RHS? Now, there might also be some parents listening who say, well, actually, my child doesn't really like sport. They don't really like doing it. You know, there's, yeah, great, you've got all these things. What would you say to them about how you might engage their child or encourage them? Well, I hope it's twofold. It's what we offer, that Mm -hmm. array that I spoke about, that I hope there'll be something that they will want to have a go at and they will find a passion for, whether it's aged 12 or age 17 the same thing can have different feelings based on what experience you have at that time and the second is the staff we are very lucky to have a very passionate staff both in the sports team but also the academic staff who help out and do a fantastic job supporting coaching being involved with the pupils whereas some schools are purely results-based I do hope that at RHS we are slightly different that yes we obviously want our teams to do as well as possible. It goes without saying, we're all competitive beasts in that sense. (laughs) 
But for many, it is about how we make them feel. So I am less interested from a sports perspective, particularly in our recreational sports, about what they learn or how they learn it necessarily. It's what do they feel at the end of that session? If they've had a positive feeling, regardless of what they have or haven't learned, they are more likely to want to come back the following week. They're more likely to want to continue it, whether at a club outside of school or just to have fun once they left school. So that there's an also, almost an emotional attachment to what we're trying to achieve mm. rather than just teaching the nuts and bolts of particular elements. And that is that true sense, isn't it, of that well-being and that kind of confidence about taking part in something. So going back to some of the uh, different fixtures that you mentioned, I think you also aren't you responsible for the school sports tour. Have you recently been on any tours? Uh, yes, I was <laughs> accompanied the first team, well, senior girls to Holland over half term. Ah, how did they do? Really good. Really good. We learned some lessons in certain fixtures against some of the Dutch players, won some games as well. But most importantly, it was the cultural experience and the, the camaraderie, the independence the girls learned. It was particularly inspiring to see them at the end of the game saying, crikey, these girls are pretty heartless on the pitch. They've run us ragged. You know, I think of one game in particular. Right. Oh dear. And then within 15 minutes of chatting to them off the pitch, they were thick as thieves, swapping numbers, Snapchats, the usual okay. teenage yeah. things. And there was such friendship being developed. And one of the clubs wants to come over and play us over here in a return fixture after Christmas, which we hope we'll be able to factor in. Gosh, I mean, because I was just going to say that actually that sounds like it was probably a huge amount of work to get that off the ground and to do that. And, you know, I suppose a simple question would be, why do you do it, Nick? But I mean, even just mentioning some of the kind of connections that were made and friendships and different things there. But what what actual impact do you think the tools, why do you think the tools really matter for your students? It's a life lesson. I mean, in holidays, you have a particular perspective when you visit various countries. You go and play alongside your mates, playing sport in somebody else's backyard it's special. You create memories that you can't really create in any other way. There is something quite heartwarming in many ways about that contest, whether it's a European tour, whether you're on a different continent, and you just learn to meet people from a different culture. You understand how they play their sport, just their views of life. I think as our sort of political and uh, global perspectives, we can become more aware of what's going on around the world that the fact we have a school that's so multicultural, it's also good to go over and perform in different countries as well. And it was certainly was great to see the girls in the way they performed in Holland. But also we've had teams go to France. The boys rugby went to France. We've got girls cricket, boys cricket going to Dubai. So where are you going next then? So you mentioned, talked about some of the places. Where, where off to next? Have you got any other tours coming up in the next few years? So we've got the girls cricket, boys cricket going off to Dubai. So there's some links there with the Root Academy that the school has links with as well. In the current economic climate, we feel that short haul tours are the way forward. We want it to be as inclusive as possible. And we know that financially, um, that will give more people the opportunity to go. But that's not so. We won't look at long haul tours. And I know the opportunity for South Africa, Canada in particular, have been floated by the team to look at. And the potential to have co-ed tours as well is something we are certainly looking at. 
gosh, there's so much to do. And I can imagine all of that, but the opportunities as well for your students. Now, I understand that also you've been uh, involved in the pastoral life of the school as well. You've been a housemaster for many years. What dimension does that give to you, to your experience as a school teacher, but also your involvement in the school life? It was a fantastic period of my life. I did a couple of years at previous school and six years housemastering, obviously at RHS. It does give that unique understanding of how pupils tick. And I think part of the experience is learning how to deal with every individual. One size doesn't fit all. And as a housemaster or housemistress, you learn that very quickly in your tenure. You, you need to be able to pick up body language. You need to be able to understand what makes an individual tick and how they respond in two completely different scenarios can be different in itself. It's not down, so down to the individual. So you do learn to try and read people. And that is certainly important in my role as director of sport, that you are, have so many stakeholders as yeah. well to want to help support pupils first and foremost, but you want your staff to enjoy what they're doing. You want the parents to buy into what we're doing and to support the sporting structures we have in place. Obviously, the leadership team uh, want to see the pupils performing to the best of their ability and enjoying themselves. So there's certainly a, a lot to have to factor in. But I think the, the, the pastoral side is so important. I talk about supporting the, the girl who came in. We had one of the former pupils came to see me on the alumni weekend as well. He's having a bit of a tough time mm -hmm. with his sport at university right. and just wanted to come and touch base and talk things through. Having that pastoral slant certainly helps. I think being approachable, people can come and bounce ideas and come and ask for advice and know they will get an honest answer, hopefully based on personal knowledge of them as well, that we want to treat each person as an individual. I mean, and I think that's the thing, isn't it, as you say, and isn't it one of the things that kind of keeps you going in your role, isn't it? When you have those connections, when you know that students are happy to come and speak to you and talk to you and you actually see them flourishing because of what you've enabled or how you've supported them. I was going to say, as a, as a housemaster, you, you live every high and every low mm. with them. Yeah. So, and sport is the same. You, as Kipling says, face those two imposters both the same. Success yes. and failure is only a, a thin line between the two. And yeah. sometimes it's down to hard work and sometimes it really is down to mm -hmm. the bounce of ball, luck. Yeah. You just got to be able to pick yourself up and dust yourself off or be humble in success. It doesn't really matter which way it goes. It's dealing with both sides of it. Yeah. And that's it. And, and not everyone can be the winner all the time. So Nick, outside of work, I mean, because I'm a kind of, you know, sometimes when I talk to the RHS pupils, I'm like, how do you have time to fit all of this in? I feel like the amount of fixtures you talked about, the tours, the different types of sports, everything that's going on. Yeah. Is there, is there a life outside of work? Uh, Nick, what's your work-life balance? Uh, do you play, have a chance to actually play any sport yourself? Uh, term time is pretty much work. And okay, right. the uh, holiday time is not so much work, but <laughs> Just a bit of Holland. It's, it's you know, I have two young children, so oh, I okay. have a they? whale of a time there, seven and three. Wow. So when I'm not at work, it's certainly trying to spend time at home with them, take mm -hmm. them to their gymnastics classes or help them foster that love of reading. The seven-year-old loves a bit of Enid Blyton and the magic faraway tree. So yes, I, <laughs> I rekindle a few memories of yesteryear of reading the same books when I was her age. So it's quite oh, nice, nice spending time with them. And do you get to play any sport yourself? Uh, these days, age has probably caught up with me a little bit. I do occasionally turn out for the staff cricket team. Right, um, okay. I probably do need to 
turn my hand to some other sports at some stage to keep myself slightly more active but I do try and walk to school and back every day so there's a little bit of exercise in there but certainly nowhere near the amount I used to do in uh, what was potentially a short prime. I was going to say you mentioned so many sports I was going to say if I was going to push you what would be if there was one sport you could continue is cricket the sport or are you not allowed to say? (laughs) Uh, Just from my own personal background yes cricket probably the one that I would try and play but the eyes are going it's the back isn't quite as secure as it used to be. Some see me hobbling around occasionally. So it's it's probably time to retire gracefully and be the armchair okay. critic that I'm becoming far more expert at. Okay, so pundit rather than, you know, fast bowler is what you're going for. And just thinking into the future, Nick, just what are your plans for your department over the next three to five years? We certainly want to drive the sporting programme forward. We want more success for our competitive teams. That goes without a shadow of a doubt. We are certainly trying to put processes in place. We've got some new staff in who are absolutely fantastic, uh, very driven, very committed to providing the sort of quality that our pupils and parents deserve. And we're starting to see already within a few weeks that start to blossom. But it's not just about competitive sport. We want to broaden the opportunities. As I say, we've got so much on offer with your more mainstream sports, your rugby, your hockey, your netballs, cricket, football, athletics, tennis, swimming, cross-co. Obviously, sailing is the sport Mm -hmm. the school is also extremely well known for. We love the fact that the basketball is going so well. We love the fact that golf and got now got girls more involved with golf is fantastic to see. We've got one of the best climbing walls in the region, which is going great guns. We've got kickboxing, boxer size, Pilates, squash, badminton, the fitness suite, rounders, ultimate frisbee. We've had dancing, PE. We even had some croquet. We just want to offer as much as we can. I keep harping on about finding that something for Mm -hmm. each person. And the more we can offer, the broader the offering without losing the quality, then I think the better for our pupil experience. Well, I wish you all the best with that. And I'm, I know that you will achieve it. So I always like to ask everyone this because I do think there is something about RHS. So what do you think sets RHS apart from other schools? The people, without a shadow of a doubt. It's a very enjoyable environment to work in. The pupil body, there's a great rapport between staff and pupils. The staff themselves get on extremely well. We have a very supportive parent body which makes my life, I can assure you as director of sport, much easier. Not to say there aren't observations, but they tend to be very balanced, well thought through, and it's always good to have input. But I think, yeah, there's just that camaraderie across staff and pupils, which is probably the most important thing. As a sports coach, what is the most important factor in anything? It's the player-coach relationship. It's that ability to trust each other. And we have that across the school in every walk of life, which is a real bonus in a school. Some oh. claim it, not all can do it. No. Well, thank you, Nate. It's been a pleasure talking to you this afternoon. Uh, we wish you all the best with all the fixtures on Saturday. Hopefully that there's no more coach issues or traffic problems. Um, and also that there aren't any kind of crazy storms rushing across the North Sea either. Sorry, I think the RHS bubble, they will go around us. We should be okay. Right. Okay, good. That That's what else sets you apart from other schools, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like the weather. Oh, brilliant. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much, Arabella. And that was Nick Platt, Director of Sport. Thank you so much, Nick, for coming on Sit Down with RHS. 
do make sure that you head over to follow RHS either on Facebook or check us out on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, or YouTube for the latest news on what is happening in the RHS community.